Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. my sales superstars and welcome to another amazing edition of Nick at Noon where I interview an awesome guest every single week and this week is no exception with my new friend Jen Koken who I am so excited to have here for many reasons. She's going to provide tremendous value to us because she's going to be talking about something that we all suffer from that gnarly imposter syndrome that holds us back from doing what we really want to do and she's funny. So we're going to get entertained and get some great value from being a part of this. And I would love your help in uh, welcoming my friend, Jen Koken here with us today. So welcome, Jen. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. So happy. I'm excited to have you here. And I want to read your bio just because you're such a phenomenal person. And I want to let everybody know who you are and what you do. Jen works with people in power positions who don't feel so powerful anymore. She shatters their self-doubt so that they can learn to love themselves, embrace their genius, and own their success. Recognized by ABC, MSNBC, and TEDx, Jen is an international peak performance coach, Fortune 500 speaker, imposter syndrome expert, and a recovering stand-up comedian. That is true. I love that it's a recovering stand-up comedian because you're still funny, so you're still doing your work. I am still doing my work. I just don't do it on stage. There's that COVID thing, but more than that, it takes a lot of time to sit around and write comedy. So I just weave it into my coaching and you know me, if we're not having fun, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. That's what I used to say when I was a high school math teacher. I I did that for 15 years. And every day I was like, listen, we have to be here. We might as well make it fun. Right. Right. In order to graduate, you got to know the numbers. You got to do the math. Let's find a way to make it fun. And that's kind of a metaphor for everything in life. Like there are things you're going to have to do. Find a way to make it fun. And Tootsie Rolls help. Hey. Tootsie Rolls. (laughs) I don't know why I thought of that. No, not chocolate. Cause I don't think, I mean, Tootsie Rolls are chocolate. I don't know that it's real. You know, like people that love chocolate yeah. love their chocolate. I'm yeah. talking Tootsie Roll. Tootsie Roll. Okay. It Plus I like scary. saying those two words, Tootsie I Roll. I like it. I like it. So Tootsie Rolls and all, welcome to my group, Nicole Sales Superstars. We are a powerful group of women who are changing the world through what we know about health and wellness. And these women are passionate. They're excited because they've had their own lifestyle shifts and changes that have brought them to this point. And now they want to share it. And then they get bit by the imposter syndrome and all this passion and all these visions and missions that are real, that are their truth, get stifled and they start playing small and they don't put themselves out there in a bigger way. So I'm glad you're here today because I can't wait for you to share. I I mean, you and I've talked before. I know what you're about to share with everybody and how powerful it is. So I'm glad you're here because the world can't afford for these women to not be putting themselves out there. And I like to say COVID aside, I mean, yes, COVID, but even before that, like the world needs us. Yes. I was about to say, you got magical shit to do. Yeah. That's exactly your magic out in the world. Don't let anything stop you. 
Yep. Absolutely. So speaking of don't letting anything stop us, that's, I would say, this is your work. You're the expert. I would say that's one of the things that stops people more than anything else is literally imposter syndrome and this mindset wonkiness. Yes. And here's one key is that people always say imposter syndrome. It ranks really high with SEO. It's not a syndrome because it's not a medical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. It's a phenomenon, 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 phenomenon. That's from Sesame (laughs) Street or anybody that wants to remember that. I love it. I'm in, I'm I'm on a tear today. Tootsie rolls, Sesame Street. We're we're going with you. We're here for it, Jen. Okay, good. So back in the seventies, these two professors, Clance and Imez, began to research this feeling of women. They thought it was just women who felt like they were out of their league, that they felt like imposters, felt like they didn't deserve to be in the room where it happens. They originally thought it was mostly women because men have more testosterone and testosterone is thought of as the confidence hormone. However, we find, I find with my clients across the board, I don't care if you're a high school student, member of Congress, People have an experience of feeling like they shouldn't be there, of feeling thwarted. Mm -hmm. And I always say, if you don't have that experience, you're not playing a big enough game. Mm -hmm. When that experience happens to you, and I'll talk more about that in a minute, it's because you're playing on the skinny branches, you're pushing the envelope, you're putting your content out there, you are offering that new program even though everybody else is offering the same thing. You're like, no, but I have a different flavor. Or as we all know, there's 7 freaking billion people on the planet. People are going to resonate with different people, but we let imposter syndrome stop us. And it's not even that we're letting imposter syndrome stop us. What we're letting stop us is the brain. Yeah. It's not your brain. It's the brain because your brain's job is to keep the thing. It's a brain of alive, which is you when it feels threatened. Like, oh God, I just put, oh God, somebody said X about my podcast, about my blog post. Oh God, there was a typo in that email. Oh geez, the whole world's coming to an end. The brain feels threatened. It's immediately going to want to put you into a safe space and you're going to retract. I loved how you did it when you said we get smaller, you're going to retract, Mm -hmm. right? Some people would say, but I don't really suffer from imposter syndrome because I don't really suffer from feeling like I don't belong or feeling like a fraud. However, do you micromanage people? Mm. Do you think you have to get everything right all the time? Do you think things should come easy to you? Do you shy away from asking for help because you feel like if you don't do it yourself, then someone's going to say to you, you're not worth it because you didn't do, you didn't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Mm-hmm. All those are harm, hallmarks of imposter syndrome. And in fact, defined by Dr. Valerie Young, who's spent the last 40 years, that's been the body of her work, her life's work. And she's worked with people over, you know, half a million or five, I don't know, half a million people or something around the world where she came up with what she calls competency types, how different people define how they think of themselves as competent. If I get it right all the time, I'll feel competent. If I work really hard and work all the time, I'll feel competent. I like looking at it from just a slightly different lens. I call it the archetypes of imposter syndrome, because when I start breaking it down that way, people are like, wait a minute, wait, I got that. I got that. I got that. I got that. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just one, right? right? It shows up in all these little sneaky ways that you don't relate to as imposter syndrome, but that's what it all comes back to. 
And so, and what I say is there's an origin story to all of this that's not traumatic or dramatic, but something innocuous happened and it kind of set you up for this. It established a brain pattern, which then set you up for this lifetime of you ingraining it because the brain got scared. The brain experienced the body that the brain's a brain of experienced an emotion it didn't want, embarrassment, guilt, uh, shame, feeling like you don't belong, you know, feeling alone, feeling lonely. And it said, wait, I don't want to, that, that's not good. I'm going to die here because mm-hmm. the brain can't distinguish between real threats or perceived threats. Then, okay, I'm just going to control everything. I'm going to get everything perfect. Mm-hmm. And then I'll never have to feel embarrassed that I got a C again and I'll get A's. And then you start managing people that everybody else has to be perfect. And then when it's not perfect, you start taking it personally. And then you want to kill everybody. And the job you used to love, you hate. And you want to quit, even though you've now made it to the top. And you're pissed that you have this thing that's, you know, you're a part of that you don't really feel like you want anymore because you don't feel like yourself anymore. It's all brain-generated activity. It's not personal. Yeah. And it feels out of control. And you feel out of control. And yeah, it's a, it's a spiral. It's a, it's a big, you know, you said something a couple minutes ago and you and I've chatted before. So I I've heard you tell the story and I love it. You said the brain can't distinguish between a real threat and I, I guess we'll call it a fake threat, right? Because a lot yeah. of this is just, it's the stories. It's the BS stories that we've made up in our own mind. It's not actually a real threat. Nothing's actually gone wrong. And the analogy that I love that you use is about a movie. Yes. So Think about this, that all of us have been uh, to a movie where there's the point of view of a roller, you're on a roller coaster. And I personally don't go on roller coasters because I have a really weak stomach and my fear is I'll vomit. And so, and it'll either come back in my own face or it'll go on somebody behind me or I'll make everyone else around me vomit. So I just, I don't go. Anywho, you have that point of view of the roller coaster and you watch the roller coaster in the movie and it's the point of view of the person, the roller coaster, and it dips and your, and your stomach goes, Because the brain thinks you are on that roller coaster. The brain can't discern. You ever had uh, an experience where you're watching like a horror movie? That's why our heart rate goes up because we are just as the brain is just as agitated. Yep. So I don't watch those movies because I I don't watch them either. Yeah. Because ultimately it does create a very real feeling inside, even though there's nobody standing in front of me with a knife, there is no tiger that's directly in front of me about to eat me, but whatever you're experiencing on that movie, you're really feeling. So I, I don't like those movies. The body sensations are real. Exactly. The moods are real. The emotional state is real because the brain and the body work, I don't know, in conjunction with one another. And the brain is telling the body how to react based on what the brain is discerning. And it arises at the same time from a neuroscience perspective. So what I do with people, this is why I say make imposter syndrome, your superpower, the perfectionist I described was one of my clients. She got up to great heights in her company because she crossed T's, dotted I's, got things perfect. People could count on her to get it right the first time to make sure that whatever the CEO wanted that she fulfilled, except it was so constraining. It was like this uh, straitjacket. Mm-hmm. around her, unbeknownst to her, she was just unhappy. And once we unlock that brain pattern, she could now see it in action and notice, oh, wait a minute, that's that thing when I was nine that just got triggered. That 
you know, fear, although the fears are rising right now, what I'm perceiving is happening isn't really happening. All fear is based in worry. Worry and fear are the same. We're worried about something that isn't happening right now. We're afraid of something that isn't happening right now. A real fear is someone coming at you physically with a knife, physically with a gun, a bus barreling down. That is, you should get the hell out. You know, you want to get away. Time to move. Stay alive because you got genius to share with the world. Yeah. Well, and I love that you said that too. You've got genius to share with the world. Cause I think so many times imposter syndrome makes us, cause you said earlier, you know, you don't want to stand out. You don't want to be, I think it makes us try to be like everybody else, which is actually stifling our superpower the most, because what is our superpower is not being like everybody else. But when you feel like an imposter, you're like, ah, oh, I've got to meet this person's expectations or meet that person's expectations. But the truth of you is busy trying to come out. Yes. Yeah. That's so good because it reminds me of my own personal origin story, which I think I shared with you, which is, you know, when I was six years old, I had a crush on the same boy as my best friend, Keith Burpee. If he's in your, your Facebook group, tell me, you know, kidding. kidding. <laughs> So Keith Burpee, and we decided at six that how we were going to figure out who we liked growing up in Michigan in the snow was in recess. We were going to chase him around the playground in the snow and like, ha ha, push him into a snowbank. And both of us were going to pucker up and see who he kissed. And my friend Michelle puckered up and he kissed her. She was like, "Mm," and he kissed her on the cheek and I puckered up "Mm," and he looked at me, he went, ew. And I was like crushed. And I know six-year-old heartbroken. So in that moment, the brain was like, I don't want to be that crushed again. I don't want to put myself out there again. I'll just be the funny sidekick. Because it's safe. Because it's safe. I'm not truly saying who I am, et cetera. So for years, my background, originally, I spent 30 years in politics, getting other people elected, pushing other people's agendas. And when I went into coaching on my own, because I'd been a coach for another big coaching company at the same time, I was doing both these things at the same time. So in 2016, when I hung out my own shingle, I, you know, trying to stick my neck out, trying to be who I was, I didn't know who I was. I was trying to fit into all the bro marketing and all the like, you need to have this, you need to have this funnel you need for three years. And so finally I said, okay, I worked with a great marketing coach. I know who I am. I know why I'm here is to have people truly be true to themselves and be in their happy place. Because when we are in alignment with who we truly are, we are happy, we are present and we can make a difference. And then just like you said, you know, in Australia, they call it the tall poppy syndrome. You never want to be a tall poppy because you'll get your head lopped off. That next year, I know it's good, right? Yeah, look it up. It's only in Australia, though. Like when I'm on the phone, when I have people on Australia on my calls, they're like, yeah, we know what you're talking about. Yeah. Terrible accent, but I was going to say good accent. Good day. We got some Australians in here. They'll they'll judge you on that one. (laughs) (laughs) They can. It's okay. But anyway, I felt like that whole year, all I did was get my head locked off everywhere I turned. And I was so obsessed with getting every single thing right. I would obsess over my, it would take me a full day to write a blog post. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of that day would be to like, get it where it was going and get the social media and da, 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 da. I'm like, Oh my God. Until finally I discovered my version of imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And once you see that you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You also can then be the observer of what triggers that brain pattern. And when we can observe rather than being in life, when we're the witness, instead of being reactionary, we're, oh shit, I'm a human being with a reaction, huh? Mm -hmm. 
look at me. I just got triggered. And do you get triggered by, I have one client gets triggered by only speaking to her peers. It's not about her boss. It's not about huge presentations. It's then when she's in a peer meeting, that's what triggers her version of imposter syndrome. Somebody else, it could be only with women, only with, with men. So you identify those triggers mm-hmm. and get a real handle on the red flags and the early warning signs. Mm-hmm. Then we can have, begin to have a conversation about, all right, if you weren't busy running your company as an upset nine-year-old, that's right. How do you want to yep. show up? Who do you want to be? Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay. Now back to the show. And I think that's tough for people though, because they've been spending so much time not being who they are and trying to be what everybody else expects of them. That when it is time to, that's why they feel like an imposter because although it's their truth, they haven't rehearsed being that version of themselves that is their truth because they've been so focused on being what everybody else wants them to be, right? Yes. yes. And I love that you said rehearse. Another way to say that is practiced, right? Yeah. So it's not the work that I do with people when they're in that moment. Okay, well, who do you want to be? I don't know. I just want to be myself always. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, well, close your eyes. There you are being yourself out in the world, being how you've never let your, given yourself permission to be mm-hmm. fully being you super expressed. If you're visualizing yourself, what adjectives would you use to describe you? And they come up with like three things. And one of the things this client came up with was curious. Mm. I just want to be curious. And first it was caring and empathetic, but I want to be curious yeah. about life. I don't like that. I assume everybody is out to get me. I'm like, okay, well, let's stick with curious for a minute. This is interesting. If I was a fly on a wall, how would I see you? What would be a practice? You could rehearse, you could practice because see now we've identified a new brain pattern. Mm-hmm. So how do we practice something that we're going to do tactilely mm-hmm. in our day-to-day interactions with people that will ingrain the new brain pattern because we're moving against 30 years or 40 years or 50 years of this old brain pattern. So then, like you said, we want to rehearse and practice. So she just made up, I'm going to start every sentence with, I'm curious. Ooh. That's what she began doing. Well, I'm curious. Why are you such an a-hole? No, I'm kidding. She didn't do that. But, <laughs> but it worked brilliantly. And, she, and then she would sit in meetings because I always say this is the line of being, if you're present, you have presence, presence of mind, body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Presence of mind to think clearly, presence of soul to speak your truth, presence of spirit to move through you, God, your dog, a tree, I don't care, whatever that still small voice is, mm-hmm. and, and your body to embody the kind of leader you want to be. So she would sit in meetings like this to remember to, I'm like, stay above the line, stay curious, because all the stuff that's reactionary is below that line of presence. 
And that's our job in this world is to have presence. When we have presence, we can speak our truth. Well, and it's like that gap between the circumstance and how you respond, not react, but how you respond. That's the presence, right? It's creating that space and not just being reactionary to it. But what you said earlier is so powerful. It's you have to be aware of it. And that awareness allows you to be the observer. And that's when you can create that space and respond in a way that is true to you. And that's what I call response ability. Ooh, ability. Like that one. Yeah. I I created that decades ago. It's really funny, but I'm like, that's really good. But it's it's response ability. It's the freedom and the ability. Ability, meaning you have belief in yourself that you have an ability to respond in a presenceful way, in a way that is true for you. That's an alignment with who you really are. It's almost like you're taking a minute and saying, hold on, let me check with my real self. Yeah. Because the version of me, the representative that wants to react is the decades old conditioning that I've been reacting within. I got to check with my real person. Hold on. Absolutely. That- and sometimes what people have to do is they're like, well, I don't, it's really funny. They expect once they do this work with me that they're just going to be able to turn on a dime. No, but they're doing exactly what you're talking about, which is just like in the health and wellness industry, when you're now, you know, I so funny earlier today, I was talking to our mutual friend, Whitney. And I said, are you going to do the whole 30 with us? She goes, oh, I'm already doing that. And I go, well, you just described to me some recipe you did with chocolate chips. You can't have sugar on the whole 30. She's like, I just thought you're supposed to eat whole foods. I'm like, honey, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> a whole potato chip, right? As long as I eat the whole potato chip, I'm okay. Right? So it's just chips and oil. We're okay here. Okay, Thank the whole you. Thing. <laughs> you know? But anyway, I forgot where I was going with that tangent. What was I saying right before that? You checked in with her on something. Oh yeah. But but it was something about the health and wellness industry and taking that moment. Oh, it's, you know, you're going against when you're coaching somebody in their, in their nutrition, let's say they're used to those habits of the foods they ate as they were raised Mm -hmm. and they don't know any different. Mm -hmm. And now you're like, well, actually, uh, you know, Zorbitol, probably not so good for your body. MSG. Is that what makes Chinese food taste so good? No, you just want to make sure to leave it out of there because it's actually going to impact you. Oh, you have gut issues. Oh, you have skin issues. It's probably something you're eating. Oh, you have fatigue. Oh, you have mental fog. It's your gut. And it's introducing a new habit. Or if you're working with somebody who you're rehabbing them with an injury, you've got, because the body has then compensated for that injury. And now you've got to get the strength back, but then also retrain the body. It's the same thing. We're just training your mind. Your mind's doing push-ups. Yeah. You know, it's funny because one of the, I'm looking at the comments here. I want to see if we have any questions. And one of my um, clients is on here and she said, it's like, it's, it's Tracy. And she said, um, brushing your teeth with your left hand, which is one of the things that I teach in my group programs. We have a couple of different things that we do that seem very non-traditional to a sales program because I'm a sales, right. that's what I, but I do a lot of non-traditional things because ultimately strategy is one thing, but what we're talking about, this is the biggest piece of how we continue to show up and how we create a sustainable business is we work on ourselves and we work on the things internally that are going to hold us back from showing up. And because I used to be a high school math teacher, this is something I did with my students when they were like, math is hard. I'm like, it's just new. It's just a new routine, a new rhythm that you haven't learned yet. These numbers that you're learning about are just new to you. And so we did an experiment where I said, I want everybody to start brushing their teeth with their non-dominant hand because 
your dominant hand knows how to do this job. It's been doing it for a couple of decades and it's really good at it. But just because you know intellectually how to do it or you understand intellectually doesn't mean that the other hand is going to have the muscles and the brain connections to do that job in the same way. And so it's exactly what you're talking about. It's we have to rehearse being this new version and it's new to us, even though it's our truth. It's been there with us all along, right? We've got to rewire. Yes. I'm going to now brush my teeth with a non-dominant hand. I love it. Yeah. It's, I can't, please tell me how it goes. I'm going to, because I use one of those electric ones. And usually this is really funny. I had a roommate junior year who only had one arm and I was like, why can't I get more done than her? I've got two arms. And so I started training myself to do things with one hand. So I will put on pants with one hand. So I'm now going to do that with my non-dominant hand. Hmm. It's actually pretty fascinating because I've been doing it now for a couple of years. I started it again in 2018 and I've been doing it since then. And I did it because that was my first year of being sober. And there were a lot of new things that I was taking. And, and so I wanted to remind myself that when you're taking on something new, because as adults, this is probably a form of imposter syndrome. We feel like we should be able to do things right away because we're not kids anymore. We're not new learners anymore. We're adults. We can figure it out. We've got brains and we're so hard on ourselves and we're so unfair to ourselves. And so to me, that was a way to remind myself when you're learning something new, give yourself, it takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. You've got to build the muscles. You've got to build the brain connections. And for me, that was just one of the best ways very easily on a daily basis to do that because I have to, well, I don't have to brush my teeth, but I, I do brush my teeth. That. I'm going to do that because I'm going to start, I'm starting the whole 30 and I've got this 30 days of um, calinetics that I'm going to do. Like I'm just, because I just came off of vacation and I'm on some medication for breast cancer, which has caused me to gain weight. And I'm like, I'm not going to listen to what they say that the only way to lose it is to go off the meds. I'm sorry. I'm going to stay alive and lose the 10 pounds I put on. So I'm going to do, that'd be kind of fun to do the left-hand thing too. Yeah. 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 Keep me posted. Let me know how it goes. I will. I will. I love it. So imposter syndrome is going to be the thing that holds everybody back. But like you said, the awareness of it is how we start to be that observer, take back our power, really honor our truth. And so in application, what are some tips that like, I know rehearsing and going through it, what are some tips that you have to share in making imposter syndrome your superpower? Well, okay. So number one, I'll let you know, I hate tips because we Ah. can't manage our mind. And there's two and a half million tips out there to overcome imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I don't want anybody to overcome it because the thing that you've put in place is actually your superpower if you were to take stock of it. So I would say a couple of things. Uh, one is just to start thinking about what the origin of that story is. Start to notice what the triggers are. Start to make a journal of the triggers. Mm-hmm. And the key is not necessarily being aware of it, although that's what I'm saying by looking at the triggers, is to get to the root source of it, which is the origin story of where it came from. Cause people will say, Oh, well, when did you start being perfect? I've always been this way. Really? You were not born perfect. You were pooping your diaper. You, you know, probably peed into my brother peed into the Moyles coffee cup. The Moyle is the, the guy that comes that snips off the, what am I thinking of? We're not going to get into it. Anyway, he peed in the Moyles coffee cup. I'm like, that's not perfect. You yeah. peed in the guys, the doctor's coffee cup, Mitch, yeah. that's, you know, don't, you're not born perfect. Yeah, but yeah. we do, we are so hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we as adults were as hard on ourselves now as we were when we were babies, there would be no stairs. Mm-hmm. 
There would be no elevators. Everyone would be lying around on the floor talking to each other because we tried to get up once and we couldn't. We're like, I'm just going to sit here for the rest of my life. There would be no ab muscles to help us sit up because we never would have pushed ourselves to create those. those Exactly. Exactly. We would just be crawling around, you know, everything would be at eye level on the floor. So I also think what you said about us being hard on ourselves is so true. And it's interesting when you mention things should come easy to us. One of the competency types that Dr. Young speaks about are people who feel competent when things come easy. She, she names it the natural born genius, which is the one I really identified with because things always came easy to me. I skipped second grade. I graduated high school when I was 16, started college when I was uh, 16, then going on 17, always had it always been called an egghead and a nerd and all those things. How that showed up for me as an adult was noticing if uh, two things in my work, if I couldn't see a clear path from point A to point B, I would procrastinate till the last minute. Mm-hmm. In my personal life, I tried West Coast swing once because I just thought it was a beautiful style of dance and you got to dance to blues and I sucked and I never went back. Oh. So there's things that I won't try if I don't know I'm going to be good at. Now I take on being bad at something. I'm going to be really bad at this. And embrace do it anyway. the suck. Yeah, right? embrace the suck. Exactly. So I think, you know, some of the tips to make it your superpower would be to start notice what triggers it. I, you know, I have that quiz, jencokenquiz.com that people can take to get some of the, the elements of those competency types that I base on Dr. Young's book. So you can kind of get some more clues and notice where it's showing up and see if you can begin to distinguish what the origin is. But that work of the origin story is an experiential moment that happens when I have a coaching relationship with somebody or when somebody is getting coached. It's not something I can just tell somebody. Right. You know, that's why I say I didn't mean to like be disrespectful. That's why I said tips. Oi, here's a few uh, openings. I'll put it that way. A few openings of how to start. Right. Identifying your flavor of imposter syndrome. You starting points. Yes. Starting points. That's good. I like starting points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, I mean, knowing the source of it, and I mean, we're talking to my health and wellness peeps, if there's anybody that gets that right, like if you have a rash on your skin, let's not treat the rash. Let's really try to figure out why the rash showed up. If you have a headache, let's just not automatically take Tylenol. Like, are you dehydrated? Is there something else going on? Right. So getting to the source of things should really resonate with my health and wellness peeps. So imposter syndrome is the same way. Yeah. And that reminds me of a personal story, which is, you know, I walked around with a rash on my hands and arms for two years that I, I paid thousands of dollars for an allergist on antihistamines. And I finally wrote to a functional medicine doctor, a friend of mine. And he's like, sounds to me like you have histamine intolerance. I'm like, what's that? He's like, ah, come see me. And I thought it was my cat. I have all these things. I was like, no, when I went through menopause, my body shifted mm-hmm. and became really sensitive to foods that are high in histamines. So I had to cut foods out of my diet. I cut out eggs. I cut out spinach, some other things that trigger it. And I don't have it anymore. Hmm. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll eat eggs every once in a while. I actually do a, I don't know if you ever through your solar plexus, I place the foods or the, or the Hmm. supplement on my solar plexus and kind of do an energetic. If I'm leaning forward, my body can handle it. If I lean back, I don't want it. So I had some eggs yesterday, but it's not something I do on a regular basis. I have to make sure my body is ready for it. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that solar plexus test. Isn't that cool? One of my, there's a woman who did energy work with me for a remote energy work. So you ground your feet and you ground yourself, you know, and then the solar plexus seat of power kind of put whatever it is there and just kind of notice. And sometimes you'd be like, am I leaning forward? And I'm, am I leaning back? But now it's the point, the moment I go to reach toward my body, my body's either like this or propelled against something because I've, I've trained it with my left-handed toothbrush hand. There you go. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. That's really powerful because our body's always communicating with us. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. This is amazing. So this is so helpful because like I said, at the beginning, we're all struggling in some way with imposter syndrome. I, I like to say new level, new devil. So no matter where you've gotten to, you may have you may have grown in, in ways and pushed edges to get to that next level. But when you're there, there's going to be something new that you're learning. And with that usually comes some different triggers and, and newness of that new level. Yep. And so always going to, going to be there as we expand and grow. Absolutely. So this Absolutely. is, this is work that goes on and on. You know, this is, this is not just, okay, you figure it out. Jen told me what, what the source is of my imposter syndrome. I'm good. Like you said, it's, creating that space and then rehearsing that new version of what our truth really is. Exactly. And then noticing the more you expand, it's going to get triggered again. It's going to get triggered again. It's going to get, but welcoming that. Oh, right. That reminds me I'm playing a bigger game. Right. Well, and I love that you said that too. Like when you're playing the big, like that's when it's going to come and we should be pushing, we should be playing a bigger game. We should be doing things that it's like, ah, I don't know. Is this possible? Because that's where we grow. Yes, that's where we grow. And, and, you know, one of the things and I think you and I've talked about this before, but one of the things that I remember seeing a few years ago, it was a quote from JLo and I, I might botch it, but the gist of it is, okay, JLo, right? Like, I don't know how you feel about her, but I saw her at 50 years old around that pole. And I think she's amazing. And <laughs> she clearly has proven her talent and success over the years. But this quote more or less was like, Hey, I've sold out stadiums and I have all kinds of platinum albums. And yet I still wake up in the morning and wonder if I'm still enough. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I'm telling you, I have a Google alert and there's all kinds of very, very famous people who are quoted all the time from sports figures to musicians, to actors. And in fact, one of the examples I always use is Albert Einstein said, he's always worried people are going to think of him as an involuntary swindler. Mm. Like, I don't know, physics E equals MC squared much. Like, I mean, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal, you know, yeah. or I love this other one, Margaret Cho, who used to head up the World Health Organization, didn't like being called an expert. Given what we've been through with the pandemic, I don't know about you, but I want an expert as the head of the World Health Organization. I want to know that person's an expert and call that person an expert. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're right at every level, like athletes, celebrities, they all experience it, which is fascinating to me because we don't think that they would because the way we look at them. They're just like us. And we're all battling that on some level, no matter where we are, no matter where we are, no matter what, and no, we're in good company. If all those people are experiencing it, then we're just as great as they are. Right. And it's all an opportunity for growth and help us expand even more and share what the beautiful gifts are that we have inside of us because the world needs us. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of needing and wanting to grow and wanting more, this has been really powerful. And I know now that people are going to want to experience more of you and your body of work. So one of the things that you mentioned that I want to make sure that we point out is the jencokenquiz.com. Yes. You can go figure out what your imposter syndrome is all about. Take that quiz. And when they take the quiz, they'll get an email. And that email is a link to a free webinar that they can then watch in more depth with a worksheet 
and a link to my Facebook group and a link to a monthly mastermind that I do. Thank you, Jen. You're amazing. And thank you for being here and just having the courage to show up and make something that is so applicable to all of us. So fun and funny and approachable in how we can, how we can use it to really benefit us and help us be more of ourselves, not look at it as like a bad thing, like our superpower. Right. You don't have to get over anything. That's the thing is you want to, people want to overcome something, but if you're think about it, if you're trying to overcome something, the thing you're trying to overcome is still stuck, right? There's a thing you got to come over, right? So if you bring it to you and embrace it, it's like, it becomes a piece of who you are rather than something you have to get over, right? Use it to your advantage. Exactly. I love that. Well, this has been so powerful. Please share in the comments what takeaways you got from this, what you learned, what you're going to do differently now in showing up in your world because of what you've learned today. And keep in mind, thoughts grow stronger when shared. So when you share it, somebody else might even read it or receive it in a different way. And it might help them because you shared it. So share your favorite takeaways and say thank you to Jen for that because Jen, this has been awesome. Thank you. It's been awesome being with you too. I'm going to steal that. I'm going to let people know I got it from you, but thoughts grow stronger when shared. I love that. Isn't that great? That's and I great. got it from my coach and I believe it actually comes from a line in the course in miracles, which I wouldn't be surprised because oh, yeah. stuff comes from there, but ultimately it's, and, and we get it, you know, when you're sharing your thoughts, somebody might hear it or receive it differently um, when you said it. So I think it's always important to share what we've learned and, and others will benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Just really you're welcome. Here. You're yeah. welcome. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. This has been valuable for everybody. And thank you all for being here because as you know, you giving your time and dedication to something that's going to help you move forward in, in your business helps all of us and helps the world. When you win, we all win and people out there need you. So go sign up for Jen's quiz. Let's work with that imposter syndrome to really allow us to show up in a bigger, more beautiful way. Yeah, there you go. There awesome. you go. Thank you you so much. Bye, everybody. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me. And it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.